someone give me a one sentence answer the way you live okay adoration of the holy one yes that's good the way you live is it yeah. What is worship? Devotion. Devotion? Okay. Hello, Queen. Hello, Katrina. To serve. To serve the Lord. Okay. It's a reaction. A reaction. To a higher authority. Yes, that's good. Authority. A reaction. Good. Recognition of God, of His attributes, and of who He is. Nice. Submission. Wow, that's good. Submission. Adoration. Adoration. Good. It's all good answers. What is worship? You know, the, the, I don't want to teach you Greek or trying to be clever or anything, but it's just, it's just, it's good to know that, that the Greek word for worship means to kiss the hand. My dog worships me. Literally. When he's not close to me, he yelps and chunks and everything. Yesterday, especially, I, I kept him outside a bit for, to, to train him to be alone. And then the whole day afterwards, he was just like at my feet the whole day. When I go, I mean, I, literally, when I'd stand at the, at the do, doing dishes, he would lie on my feet. When I go to my office and I work, he'd lie on my feet. When I eat, he'd lie on my feet. He worships me. The picture of that word proskunio is literally the picture of a dog licking his master's hand. Worshipping. One of the, the answers I got yesterday in prison, the first answer I got was, opwarm. I said, opwarm, where do you get that? And it's, a, it's what we do before we preach. Yeah. And many people see worship in church like that. It's just the foursong. It's just what happens so that everyone that's late can have a chance to come in and they don't miss the preach. But worship is, is so much, so much, so much more. I want you, if you've got your Bible, go with me. Colossians 3. Verse 16, let's try to go there. Colossians 3, verse 16 and 17, New Living Translation says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness. Let the message in all its richness. Now, this richness talks about the fattiness that comes from meat. It talks about the, the yummy part. But I'm a vol yeti, ni mach yeti. 
Nee, als je nou wil gezond wees en maar wees en wat ook al. The richness of Christ fill your life. What is, what is full? What does full mean? When is something full? When it can't take anymore? When it starts to overrun? Nee, dan is het ding rarig pol. Like you can always put another drop in until like it starts to overrun. So this word says, may the richness of Jesus Christ, of the message of your salvation, of who He is, your revelation of who He is, fill your life so, verse 16, fill your lives, and then it says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Now it may seem that He's, he's giving directives that we must teach one another, and we must sing hymns and songs, we must do this and we must do this, and this is what the Christian life looks like. But He puts that verse in front Specifically, he says, may the richness of Christ fill your life so much that all that comes out of you is Christ. Everything you do is for His glory. May you be filled so much with Jesus. May you be filled so much with the richness of who He is that when you speak to one another, you speak out of the Word. You quote the Psalms of David. You quote the Word. You quote glory. You quote whatever is good, whatever comes from Him. Whenever you correct someone, whenever you admonish someone, whenever you teach someone, do it out of the richness of Christ that has filled your life. Are we so full? When we talk to people, when we think about things, when the news came this morning of Dr. Kleinkopf's death, what came out of our mouths? What came into our thoughts? Were we, were we so permeated with, with the richness of Christ that what came out was word, was glory? Yesterday before we went in to speak to the guys, the Lord spoke to me about this specific verse. And something, something burst open in me. Is that we have made radical Christianity. The guys who always speak about Jesus. And the guys who always quote from the Bible. And when someone comes to you and gives a encouragement or gives something, he gives the word, he gives this, he gives what the Lord gives, he gives Christ. We have made, made, made those guys the freaks. We have made those guys the abnormal guys. Where it's supposed to be who we are in Christ. That everything that comes out of us must be Jesus. Ne? The next question is why? Why do we worship Christ? Why do we worship the Lord? 
Jylle is welkom om vir my te sê. Gratefulness. Yes. Gratefulness. Wat nog? Honor. Give me honor. Yes. Knowledge of who he is. Thank you. Because he loved us first. Alles hierdie goed is perfect. Is reg. Nog hierdie kant. Forgiveness. He gave us forgiveness. He's always the same. We can depend on him. He's worthy. We worship him because when we come into his presence and realize who he is and we know who we are. Yes. Yes. Basically because who he is to me, he is my safe place, he's my provider. He's my everything. Yes. That's why I'm worshiping him. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Revelation. Ons gaan nou Revelation lees ook. Nee? You know what? There's this joke about cats and dogs. He's almighty. He's all powerful. Let me just put in a... You know, cat theology and dog theology. Do you know it? So a cat says, you give me a home, you give me sleep place, you give me food, you comfort me, you play with me, you, like, I must be God. Dog says, you give me a home, you feed me, you play with me, you comfort me, you give me joy, you must be God. So are you a cat or a dog man? <laughs> nee? So Philip is a hond. He's God because he gives him all things. I don't know how to think. Because he is a hond man. Go with me to Revelation 4. Verse 9. 2.11 Let's go back a little bit further. Let's read the whole verse, the whole Revelation 4. And like 5. Yeah, let's do it. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the same voice I heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like Jasper and Carnelian. And the glow of the emerald circles has thrown, uh, uh, circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings and each covered um, with eyes front and back. 
The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had, had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings. And their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is to come. Whenever the living beings gave glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down and worshipped the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy. O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. And then if you go on to Revelation 5, that this is you know, my favorite, favorite, favorite scripture. I want to talk about this very thing. The living the 24 elders when they had a revelation of God, when they see the Lord on His throne, when they have a revelation of who He is, what do they do? They take their crowns and they lay it down before the Lord. Many of us, many people, many believers are so focused on living for their reward in heaven. And everything we do is about our reward. What we will receive. If you are good to people, then you will be, like, if you, are, if you look at the poor, you'll have a mansion in heaven. Like, you will have a great mansion here, man. So even in our kingdom-mindedness, even in trying to do good, we are still selfish and we think, oh, this is so that I can one day, so that I can for eternity receive this or receive that or receive that. Well, here's the news. That when we come face to face with who God is, when we come face to face with His greatness and His glory, when we receive a revelation of who He is, when we have a true revelation of what He has done for us, of our salvation, of where we've been and where He's taken us into, when we have a true adoration for Him, we will take our reward and we will lay it down at His feet. And we will say, I do not deserve this, Lord. Because it is you. It is you. It is you who enabled me. It is you who gave me this. It is you who even gave me the opportunity to be good and to do good. Doesn't Ephesians say, for it is God who wills in you to do good according to His pleasure? See, our worship of God has become so flat so without meaning and I'm going to spend time on that just now that we because even in eternity even with regards to the kingdom of God we are still self-minded in other words to make a harsh statement we worship ourselves instead of God 
And we use Him and His blessing and what He has done for us to make a way for us. That's cat theology. While I was reading this, Livy, we're going to sing a song that we didn't plan. Uh, so, yeah, a revelation song. Uh, you, you might not know all the words, but you will know the chorus. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And, uh, yeah, let just engulf yourself in that. Just give Him glory. Because He is the one that created you. Are you created? Are you created? Are you a created being? Then the word says, God created you. If we read Psalm 139, it very explicitly says how God was intimately involved in your creation. Not one of us was created without God. Not one of us was created without the, the intimate knowledge and the plan of God for your life. Everything about you was created by God. Specifically. Should, not the, should the creation not worship the Creator? Did Jesus not say when the people rebuked Him for allowing people to sing to Him, Hosanna, Hosanna? Did, they not, did He not say, if these people don't praise me, these rocks will. Created things. All things created. So let's worship Him. Because we are His created beings. And because He is worthy. Because He, he created you. He is your God. So <laughs> come God is infinite. God is infinite. That means that whatever God is, it never stops. There is no end to it. There is no limit to any one of God's attributes. It keeps going and going and possibly growing and growing or our revelation of it keeps growing and growing at least. So in heaven, day and night, the elders and the angels can't do anything else but look at God. Look at Jesus Christ on the throne. 
And as they look at him, they receive revelation upon revelation upon revelation upon revelation of who he is. And their only response is, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy. All honor, all glory, all power, all majesty to you, the one sitting on the throne, the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth, the, the one who made us a kingdom of priests to, the, to God. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Moment after moment after moment after moment for all eternity. A new revelation comes about God because whoever He is never stops. Whoever He is does has no end. There is no limit to Him. If you think about His love and you, you're able to go to the end of what love means, you will find no end for that with God. If you think about His mercy and you are able to try and go to the end of what that mercy means, you will find no end to it. Think of any one of the attributes of God that you love. You just go. And the more you ponder on it, the more you think of it, the more you, you focus and you meditate on the revelation of God, of, the, of His love, or His mercy, or His kindness, or His justice, or His, even, even, even His severity. Because the Bible does say that God is righteous, God is kind, but He's also severe. Against sin, against unrighteousness, against injustice. Go down that path. You will come to the end where you see righteousness, where you see love, where you see the goodness of God in that, in His severity. There is no end to it. So my question is to us, what are we doing to receive revelation upon revelation upon revelation of God? Because if we don't receive revelation of God, if we don't have a place and a relationship with Him, if we don't come to the place daily where we see Him, where we see new things about Him, where, we, where He reveals Himself to us, our worship becomes a farce. Jesus warns about this. In Matthew 15, He talks about this and He quotes Isaiah 29 verse 13. So He's speaking against the Pharisees who, who worship only through their habits and only through their traditions and because it's always been done. Do you know that even in Europe, when you go and you do a survey and you ask, what, what religion are you? They will fill out Christian. Because they grew up in a Roman Catholic home or in a Protestant home or in a Lutheran home or, or whatever. But they have no revelation of God. They have not submitted themselves to Christ. But they call themselves Christian. Saying the right things and doing the right things does not make you a disciple. We spoke about this last week. It is so easy to talk the right language. It is so easy to praise God with our lips. Listen to this, what God said to Israel. And Jesus quoted this. So it is from His heart. He says, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips. 
but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. In other words, whatever they do, their Christianity, their life, whatever they do is nothing but culture. I'm so, so, so aware of culture. I'm so scared of culture. Do you know that? Many times we, when, when uh, we have a pastor's fraternal and we meet, meet together, we've got a meeting now again on Thursday. And it's amazing, like when someone prays, you can, you can easily say that guy comes from that church and that guy comes from that church and that guy comes from that church. In the way they pray. Even Josh Jenner's. Yes, I can yell up a male again. Because you have got such a strong culture. But it's so dangerous. Because people can start following the culture instead of following Christ. Instead of worshipping God, they worship the culture. They worship the denomination. They worship the church. They worship the man-made thing. So dangerous. The only way I believe, and I believe the Lord revealed this into my heart, the only way that will stop us from following a culture, the only way that will stop us from, from worship being a farce, is to have constant new revelation of who He is. And for that you need to build a relationship. For that you need to spend time with Him. Time in His Word. Time in prayer. Time in the Spirit. We have sung these songs so many times. It is so easy for it just become lip service. That's not worship. I don't want to be in the place where the Lord comes to me and says, you praise me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting up my hand. It's been many times. I've stood many times and led worship when my heart was removed from Him. Why? Because I don't have fresh revelation. We need to make sure. We need to be in the place. We need to strive for this. We need to fight for this. Is to know Him. Jesus Christ says in, in, in John 17 when He prays, He says, and this is eternal life, that they know you. So I'm just dropping that question in your heart. What are you doing to get fresh revelation from God? What are you doing? By the way, if you're a man, and I, I will not say you don't mind getting up early. Get up early and join us at 5.30 for, 
wonderful time in the presence of God. En ons, ons, ons praat lekker goed. Die Heere lei ons altyd in awesome goed in. And we are real with each other. And we are, join us. Anyways, that also helps you get revelation of God. The community of believers helps you get revelation of God. But you, I want to say this one thing is that your mind has to be open to it. You've got to look for that. Because you can come into the community of believers and you can, and, and you can be completely shut for revelation of God. Because you want to see things done this way or this way or that way. Because you want to impose your culture on it. Yes, and I think it's stark in this door, but I'm going to say Everyone wants to come impose their culture. Everyone wants to come impose their, their way of thinking. We watched a thing on, in, on a submission this, way, this week with the community leaders. Oh, it's so dangerous. That we become so unbendable. That we want everything to fit into our knowledge. Instead of us being open to receive fresh revelation from God. Kobus, ek geloof die, woord, die Heere het een woord vir julle. Hang net aan, hang net aan. Maar julle, hy het julle nou vir my gehighlight, maar hang net aan. Okay. So we need revelation of God. And that re- that revelation of God will lead to submission. But before we talk about the submission, I want to I'll tell you the story and then we'll sing the song. Uh, it's a song I wrote ugh, before we even got married. Uh, so when Lily and I were spending time together, we would regularly get together and just worship. You know, it was, it was our excuse to spend time together. <laughs> and one evening we were worshiping. And during the worship, I just received this unexplainable revelation in my heart. Just something just dropped into my heart. But it was so that... I couldn't, I wanted to sing a song to, to sort of express what, I, what, what I'm feeling, but I couldn't, because the revelation was bigger than any words, it was bigger than anything that I could express, it was bigger than, than anything I've known, like literally, you know, all these rampies that we learn as Christians, it was bigger than my religiosity. So I wrote this song. Um... Jelle sal het ken, ons het het al hier gesing. Kobus. 
Uh, ek weet nie of, of, of jy op een plek is waar jy op die oomlik wik en weegt is en goed nie. Is dit so? Uh, ek ervaar die heren sê, don't be double-minded. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, nie, sê Jacobus. Ek ervaar die heren klaar in jou hart geplant, soos vast geplant, paal met concreet, wat eindelijk wat, want jy moet, wat die richting is, of, of jy sal nou beter weet as ek. Hy faith. Even if faith is tested. Hy faith, dat dit wat jy besluit het, is reg. En stik to het. En wees bold in dit. Oké. Okay. Maak het sin. Romeine 12 vers 1 And so dear brothers and sisters I plead with you I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you Let them be a holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable this is truly the way to worship Him. This is truly the way to worship Him. Give yourselves, give your bodies a living sacrifice. Who come your bodies? Many times we are so spiritually minded that we forget about our bodies. We forget about the real things. We, we, we differentiate between, we, we, it's easy for us as believers, which is completely wrong, to have like an earth life and a spiritual life. So when I Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, when I go to community or when I come to church or when I go to prayer meeting or when I whatever, I, I have my spiritual life. And then Monday, Tuesday morning, we have our real life. So our bodies represent the tangible, this. Our bodies is the instrument that God uses, but it's also the instrument Satan uses, and it's also the instrument that it's fighting for its own use. And probably many times we give Satan the glory for something that our flesh just wants. If your flesh is alive and well, he doesn't need demons. He just lets you do whatever you want. He just lets you follow your own heart. And if your flesh is alive and well, your heart is deceiving you. So Paul says, if you want to truly worship God, offer yourself. Offer your fleshly desires. 
offer your body, offer your will, offer everything about your faculties, your reasoning, your thinking to God as a holy sacrifice. And say, God, I no longer will live for myself. I no longer will fight for myself. I no longer will reason for myself. I no longer will decide for myself what is good and evil. That is what happened when Eve ate from the tree of good and evil. That is what was so enticing to her. Not the fruit. Can you imagine what the fruit must have tasted like, like just after God created it? Nee, voor al die pesticides en voor al die grond wat al miljoen keer deurgewerk is. Like, like the first fruit, like ever from a tree that God created, like the soil was perfect, there was nothing in it that was corrupt, there was, it was like, oh. so there was more than enough good fruit for Eve to enjoy. But what he said to her is, if you eat this, you can decide for yourself what is good and evil. You can be God. So Paul is saying, give that back. Give that right back to God. Offer yourself a living sacrifice. Don't die. Nee. Moe nie, moe nie iemand wat goed dood en dood goed is nie. Of dood goed en goed dood is nie. You, you get those kinds of Christians as well. Those who are so afraid of doing the wrong things, they lock themselves up in a room or they go to a monastery, or they go and seclude themselves because they are so afraid of doing the wrong things. God said, go and live, but live for me. Offer yourself a living sacrifice. Living, yeah, I can not the tenwoordigheid van die Heere op die oomlik so baie. I wrote here, Worship in the purest form is giving yourself to God to do whatever He desires with you and your life. Have we come to that place of worship? Have we come, I think it was Jeremiah that God showed the potter and the clay? Have we come to the place where we truly say, God, I am the clay. You are the potter. It is makkelijk to give that lip service. It's easy to say that because it's written in the Bible and it's a noble thing and it's almost like romantic if you say something out of the Bible. But have you truly come with all your heart to the place of submission to God and say, Lord, whatever you want to do with me and my body and with my life and with my wife and my children and everything, whatever you want to do, you are God. Have we come to that place? Because that is your purest form of worship. 
Ek weet nou, hoe komt hier die jykes altijd de orrel wil hee, wat moet speel, terwijl hy preach. Die anointing kom so van achter af die oor my. Is lieflik. Your purest form of worship. Yesterday when um, when when I invited people, and I mean we've been there many times, and we've invited people many times to come and give their lives to the Lord. And I've prayed the sinner's prayer many times with people that sort of say, "Jesus, thank you for cleaning me of my sins. I repent of my sins." Like dit wat ons lees in die Bijbel, we just recite that. We say that you are Lord. And the Bible says that anyone who says that Jesus is Lord will be saved. But then Jesus comes and says, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord. There's a massive difference. There's a massive difference between those who are saying the right thing to get the ticket through the door. The password, my kids love playing this game. They stand in the corridor. And if you're like, I need to go to the bathroom. No, but say the, say the password. No, I need to go to the bathroom. Say the password. It's like, get out of the race. <laughs> so sometimes we treat the salvation prayer as a password. Just to get in. And then they go, and there's no change. So yesterday I called these guys forward after the message, and I think six or seven of them stood there. Prayed for them. But before I prayed, I said, do you really mean this? Do you really mean that you want Jesus, that you want God to be Lord over your life? Are you really laying down your life? Are you really laying down your desires? Are you really laying down your dreams and your flesh to make Jesus your Lord? And only after they could tell me, yes, that they really mean it, I led them in the prayer. And the prayer was not Thank you for saving me. Thank you that I'm going to heaven. The prayer was, Lord, I'm making you Lord of my life. From this day forward, I'm laying down the old life. And I don't know if they're going to do it, but I'm going to ask the prison if we can do a baptism there for some, uh, somehow. I don't know how. But we're going to get a pool in there. Or take... No, we can't take them out. Jens, I'm going to you baptize them and, hey, where is my <laughs> Do you really mean it? Are you really laying down your life for God? 
because then everything will be different. Let's sing this song. Here's my heart. So we say to one another that there is no worship without revelation. And we say to one another that the revelation will lead to a submission that makes Him Lord over all. And we said that you get this revelation through relationship with Him and in Wisselwerking the more the relationship, the more the the revelation, the more the revelation, the more the relationship so that is how you grow in Christ. That's how you grow in worship. That's how you grow in submission, is revelation of Him. But none of this can happen unless you partake of Christ. It is only through Him that we get to know God. It is only through Him uh, John 4, 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus spoke to the disciples. He gave them the bread and the wine. He said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part in me. So this morning I want to use this, when you take it this morning, as a sign, as your connecting and making yourself one, partaking of the Lord. But not just for the benefit that it gives you. But as your sign and says, you are my life. You are my blood. You are my Lord. Apart from you, I can do nothing. Apart from you, I will do nothing. I do not want to do anything. As you have laid down your life, I lay down my life to you. So this morning, I just want to, as you use this, have your conversation with God around this. Spend some time in that. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you And was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. And I'll put in brackets with your life.
I feel we should end with with a song just a celebration of what he has done glorious day